Hello and welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. I am coming to you with some very exciting news this week. We are seeing some green in our portfolios and not just because we changed the color of the candles like have suggested, but because there's been a bit of a swing in the market. So I'm sure so many of you are super excited to hear about this week's topic. You have been requesting it literally for months and we are finally here to talk to you about stacking. So if you're a SwiftX customer, you may have seen this pop up as a new feature a couple of months ago. We're going to unpack exactly what staking is, what sort of rewards you can expect to see, and what is really important to consider before you start staking and purchase those assets. So whether you're a beginner, a Bitcoin veteran, or just crypto curious, I am your host, Alicia Chapman, and this is Tapping Into Crypto. Welcome back to Tapping Into Crypto. Today, we are chatting about a topic that everyone has been asking about for a very long time. And to teach you all about it, we have legendary Tommy Honan. Welcome. Thank you very much, Alicia. It is so nice to have you on the other side of the mic, not doing crypto catch-ups, but teaching everyone about staking. Yeah, I thought people might be uh, sick of hearing my voice at this stage, but um, you know, anyway, I'm we still did here. have to sub you out a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> Give the people what they want. You're back on the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back here. I'm back here. And yeah, I guess a topic very, I guess, close to my heart is staking. It's something I've been involved with for a number of years, and yeah, honestly, it's a, probably one of my favorite topics within crypto. Yay, I cannot wait. Now, we know what you purchased first when you first started buying crypto all those years ago. What's been your latest purchase? Considering, I guess, the recent market movements, I guess it's interesting. It's very topical. A lot of the staking assets that I have researched and are interested in have traded at a, you know, quite a significant discount. Some of them are down, you know, 50, 60% over the last couple of months. So. I guess, yeah, for me, it's opportunity. I'm looking at some of those staking assets that we'll probably cover as part of the episode. I do love that frame, Tommy. They're on discount, guys. They, they haven't dropped. They're just on sale. So exactly. And they still are on sale, some of those. So conviction. good time to... Uh, back to the conviction. If you've done your research previously, you know, you got, got to do the work first. And then, you, you know, some of these projects might be the ones you're looking at. To get the rewards. So before we jump into staking and how to do it, can you explain at a high level what it actually is? Yeah, sure, sure. Staking, to break it down, it, it can be a complex one to, to explain to people. Put simply, staking is a way of earning rewards for holding specific cryptocurrencies. So that's the, the action from a customer point of view. Yeah. If you're holding a particular asset, you can stake it on chain and earn a percentage. Essentially, that's what it is. I like to kind of equate it with holding a stock and earning a dividend on a stock. Not the same, completely different financial vehicles. But yeah, essentially, that's, I guess, at a high level, how, you know, what staking is from a user perspective. Okay. And so that's for users. So you're staking it and kind of locking that away. What about for like exchanges? Why would they want to do staking? What's in it for them? Yeah, I guess from from an exchange point of view, it's an additional service that you add on for your clients. Everybody that comes into crypto these days that they're working their research and are finding out, you know, what exchange do I use? Staking is probably one of the checkbox items that you're looking to tick when you're looking to, you know, find an exchange to come into us. So from an exchange perspective, it's really valuable to have staking as part of your offering. The second point to that is, you know, staking and the whole mechanism of staking and how it's actually ran is essentially a way of validating transactions on the blockchain. Mm. Without going too deep in it, there is proof of work, which is what Bitcoin is, which is essentially a series of decentralized 
validators and nodes, yeah. um, basically solving computational power to solve equations to mine the next block of, of crypto, right? So yeah. I didn't go too deep there, I don't think. So like high level, it's mining. It's like mining, what people yeah. hear about is like people trying to solve transactions with their computer power. That's proof of work. Yeah, exactly. And that's and that's what, um, you know, some of the argument against crypto is that, you know, proof of work is quite intensive in terms of energy use and all these things. Although a lot of it nowadays is actually done through renewable energies. Australia, absolutely at the forefront of that. And yeah, really excited about how that develops, I guess, in the coming years in Australia. So yeah, I guess to, to break it down to, you know, proof of stake is what we're talking about today. So staking is the, the opposite side to that. It's essentially, it's a way of verifying transactions to secure the network. So if you're staking, you're actually contributing to the security of the network or the project that you're, you know, involved in, in staking with. By committing a portion of your asset, whatever it is, let's just use Solana for um, example. If you're um, committing a portion of your Solana, I think you earn about 6.5% or something like that. Yeah. That's as a reward for you committing your cryptocurrency to that blockchain for uh, security and verifying transactions. Yeah. Um, the mechanism behind it is you've got a list of validators. So these are basically, they can be companies. Some, some of these guys are actually companies, they're businesses and exchanges. They set up their own nodes, which means that they are the validator. And then people essentially commit via the exchange to those nodes and validators to yeah secure the network. So I guess, yeah, that's that's the high level of, of how it works. Yeah, definitely. So if you pull it back again and then like zooming out, it could almost be explained as like the mechanism to keep everything moving. Exactly. And as part of being that, what we're going to get in today is that you actually get rewarded for doing that. Sorry, but what the actual function is behind it is just kind of keeping everything rolling over. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, for these networks to continually thrive and to exist, they need to be, you know, further decentralized, more participants, more people like like us staking our cryptocurrency towards that greater good for that project, essentially, um, which is why we'll touch on it. But it's so important to, you know, select your staking projects carefully. Yes. And we are going to dive into that. So staking. We're going to talk about SwiftX and how you guys have done it because it has made it so much easier. But there are lots of ways you can do this. Can you talk about perhaps some of the other ways, like the more traditional ways that people were staking before exchanges brought them on? Yeah. So, I mean, specific to SwiftX, we've tried to make it as easy, one-click option. You know, people love that. I love it myself. I use it myself. Yeah. Um, I guess historically, when I started staking, it was pretty hard. Like you had to take on a lot more risk than you do these days. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you would do it through decentralized wallets. You could do it through MetaMask into a project that way, which is all kind of has friction attached, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, there's lockup periods. There's risks of slashing, which is a mechanism. Slashing is essentially when you give your cryptocurrency to a validator and they don't do the right thing by the network. Yeah. Um, that cryptocurrency is potentially at risk, so it can be lost. So yeah, that's one thing I guess to be aware of when you're, you know, you're trying to do it yourself. And and you know, people can definitely do it themselves outside an exchange through a wallet. You know, I've been doing it with Tezos for for years through my Ledger wallet. You know, so you can actually have it on your crypto on cold storage, but essentially uh, staking with a validator, which is really cool. Like it's really the most secure way to do it, and and definitely the recommended way to do it for people that are savvy and and actually have cold wallets set up and, and things like that. I guess there's a few wallets like Exodus, Trust Wallet. These ones do give you staking awards for you know essentially holding your crypto there and, and applying staking to it. So yeah, there's plenty of ways to, to get access to it these days, which is really cool. 
Yeah. So if you're looking at that, like zooming back out, we want people to be able to relate to this. What sort of things could we tie it back to? Is it like similar to like a bank with an interest account or is it more like, I guess, investing and getting dividends for a share that you hold? Definitely, I guess um, there's nuances there, right? There's ways that they do align, but they are obviously completely different things. I definitely like to tie it back closely to like a dividend in the stock where you're kind of, you know, you're invested in that stock and you're kind of rewarded for your loyalty essentially to that that stock or, or that project when it comes to staking crypto. Yeah, with staking, you're getting, you're actually rewarded in that asset as well. So I think we didn't cover that at the start, but you're rewarded in the asset. So if I'm staking uh, Tezos, if I'm staking Medic, or Polygon, I'm getting rewarded back in that asset, which yeah. for some people, some people like it, some people don't. Some people would rather get, you know, a dollar value back into their account so they can, you know, immediately spend it or whatever it is. But that's not how, how staking works. You get rewarded back in that asset. For me, I love it because I've got conviction on those projects. I want to earn more of those projects because I, you know, believe essentially in their in their future and the, the problems that they're trying to solve within the industry and, and globally. So that's, I guess, one thing to frame. But it's definitely, you know, in terms of like putting money in the bank, you know, you're tied to that interest rate for staking crypto. We, we call it, you know, rewards rates because you're earning rewards back in that crypto. But they are, I guess, similar in terms of you do earn a, a percentage reward back on that asset. For a lot of people, I think when we talk about staking and they start to go down this rabbit hole and try and teach themselves and educate about it. Something that's spoken about a lot in conjunction and where people can sometimes get confused is airdrops. Can you explain the difference between the two? Because they are completely different. Yeah, an, air, an airdrop is a completely different thing. It, it kind of, it's still a reward that you get paid directly to your wallet. It's called an airdrop because it's part of that protocol's roadmap or part of some event that they're having. And they say, you know, on the 1st of February, we're going to airdrop you X amount of tokens, right? So mm -hmm. it is completely different to staking. Staking is more operational, I guess. Um, whereas an airdrop is kind of like a, a one-time event where they say, we're going to airdrop you two Tezos for every 100 you hold or something like that, right? So that's just an example. So they're, they're the kind of key differences between the two. But yeah, in terms of how you value them, I mean, yeah, it's still more crypto that you get into your wallet, which is, um, you know, people are usually pretty keen for that. There's a couple of pages on, on Twitter and, and Telegram that are going around airdrop hunters and things like that. That's, it's a good way of accumulating more crypto. Yeah. It's usually not paid out in the actual token that you're staking or the token that you're holding. It's usually paid out in a new token that they're trying to do or a new initiative that they're trying to push out. So that's kind of their way of starting it off and getting some adoption early on. So they kind of give it to you for free and you're like, oh, what's this token on my wallet? And you, know, you start to dig into it a bit deeper, which is, you know, not a bad strategy, essentially. Kind of like the crypto world's way of influencer marketing. Like, here, try this. Or like free samples at the supermarket yeah, exactly. when you used to get something. Yeah, you go to the gym and they give you the, the little protein powder things. <laughs> <laughs> Start looking into this project. Yeah. It's good. Amazing. And and what sort of rewards can people see when they are staking? Like what, what are we talking about here? Is it big money on the table? I mean, yeah, if you think about it from a bank perspective, you're getting, you know, 0.1% in the bank and I'm not trying to tie the two together, but like people are always thinking about it from an interest earning perspective. We talk about it from a rewards perspective, which is what you do when you're staking. And, you know, we've got assets at the moment up to, you know, 63%, which is, you know, wow. obviously quite, um, you know, a reward to earn back for, for holding a particular asset. That's from Axie Infinity, which is a play to earn gaming token that we've covered on, on previous episodes as well. You know, Axie, as a project, I mean, I, I like to talk about the risks for people chasing 
staking rewards or chasing yields when it comes to DeFi or whatever it is. Don't just invest in an asset because you see a, a shiny, large, you know, rewards per year on it or something like that, right? The percentage. And I've personally, I've found out the hard way with this. We, we invested in a project called Krill that had 10,000 APY on it. Oh and it lasted for about two days and then essentially died. So, you know, that, you know, lessons learned along the way. It all comes back to the one thing. You got to research the projects. You got to make sure that you're comfortable with hauling them longer term. If they've got staking, that's another box that I like to check when I'm, you know, looking for new projects to invest in. If they've got staking awards, it's like a, it's a big one for me that I, that I try and try and go after. But drawing the line between going after a project that has staking, one that has 10,000 APY that tries to, you know, rug pull, like you got to be aware of all these things, right? So it's all, you know, you got to think about the sustainability. Yeah. Again, at the end of the day, don't just go chasing yield because nine times out of 10, you will get burned on those types of projects. Mm -hmm. And you mentioned APY. That's an acronym that you'll see all across every platform when you're talking about this. For those that haven't seen it yet, what does that stand for? Yeah. So it's an annual percentage yield. And, and essentially it's the percentage that you're earning per year on whatever the action that is that you're doing. So you might see it across your bank or savings account or, you know, they use it in crypto. We use rewards per year on Swiftex because that's what you are. You're earning a reward through the staking mechanism. But yeah, different platforms have different ways to reference it, I guess. And that is just mind blowing, like 63%. Like that's huge. That's yeah. huge. Especially if, as you mentioned, like if it's a project that you're investing in anyway, yeah. if you've looked at that real world adoption and all the things we tell you to do when you're doing your own research, it's just like, oh, well, I was going to buy it and hold it anyway. Exactly. Yeah. And that's, that's the big piece is like, some of it seems like a no brainer, whereas yes, don't buy the asset just for the sake of the reward. But if you're investing in the asset anyway, Yes, it's a no-brainer to go and put it into your staking wallet and, you know, while you're holding it, earn those rewards, you know, 4.5% on Cardano, ADA. Like these are ones that were very, very popular in the last few years. Like looking at, looking at some of the performances on them as well, investing in staking projects has been a kind of a strategy for a lot of people as well. Like actually Infinity has done 5,000% in the last year in terms of performance. Polygon Matic, 3,500% dot that's been a pretty low performer, but it's still up 10%. Um, and yeah, ADA is up like 140% or so in the last, you know, 12 months. And, and that's, that's even, I, I took these from crypto rank this morning, these figures <laughs> so for anyone that wants to validate my, my statements there. But, um, you know, as of the uh, 3rd of February, 2022, <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, considering the market as well at the time of recording is yeah. had a, a decent pullback over the last, you know, three months now, you could say, you know, it, it goes to show that these projects, you know, are, are ones that the people are very interested in kind of probably longer term. Definitely. Like those returns are still incredible. And I think we do keep talking about that at the moment because so many of us are logging in like, oh my God, especially, you yeah. know, if you've just introduced yourself to the market in December or at the end of last year, you know, it can be really challenging, but zooming back out and still seeing, you know, this is just such a blimp in the market. Like it's a big pullback, but it's still in the scheme of things, hundred percent yeah. up. Yeah, that's right. Year. That's that's just yeah. you don't get that in other places. Yeah, if you if you try and equate to it in a traditional markets equity sense, like it it'd be the best year ever, right? So yeah, yeah it, it is a big one for people to focus on. But again, yeah, like I said, just the risk there being not don't chase the chase the yield. And you know, going back to some of those staking projects, like we think we've got fifteen or so of them on SwiftX at the moment. You know, just implore people to do their research. Um, I actually one point I want to make is. You know, when you're earning a staking award, in a way, you're actually dollar cost averaging as well, mm. because you're, you know, you've you've bought into a project for you know, what X amount of dollars that you've spent, 
maybe you're down 20% or whatever it is, but you you continue to earn that crypto at a lower rate. So it's actually a way of dollar cost averaging that you don't really realize. And like you mentioned, if you're holding it anyway, it definitely makes sense to to have it. And you're, you know, you're accumulating more. You've got conviction in that project and you, you're committed that it should increase in over time. You know, we always talk about zooming out in these crypto markets and, and every market pretty much. But, but yeah, that's the super important factor to consider too. And I think even pairing it back to shares again, like they are completely different. But if you have a share that you're holding long term, again, you really believe in that company, most people will then opt to reinvest their dividends. So over time, all they're doing is accumulating more and more and more of that share every time that it reinvests. So it feels like you could almost draw similar parallels there. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Reinvestment is like an option that you that you have to, to toggle on in through your share account or whatever it is that they ask you to do. I can't remember what it is. I haven't touched... Your portfolio? <laughs> yeah. As you, as, as you can probably uh, hear uh, from my explanation, I haven't done much with shares for quite a while now. <laughs> or um, just set and forget. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Now, something people are going to be very interested in, the million dollar question, how are these taxed? Oh, good one. Yeah. <laughs> so, so on the spot with your accounting hat on. Yeah, that's right. Uh, obviously not a tax accountant and everybody's unique situation is needs to be reviewed individually, but... Yeah, uh, from a from a tax perspective, I mean, I will drop some some ATO links in the show notes around staking, but it's taxed as income. So any staking reward that you earn through SwiftX or through a wallet or another exchange, whatever it is, is considered income. At the time that you are rewarded that crypto, that's when your CGT clock starts essentially. So mm-hmm. that's the one thing to be aware of. And and uh, you know, we won't dive too deep into that, but it's definitely something for people to consider. You know, you do need to be reporting your CGT on earnings from staking as well. So, you know, a lot of the tax softwares now, I know we we work with a few like Coinly and, and Crypto Tax Calculator. These guys are great. I mean, they've been in contact with us once we launched staking. They get they got our API endpoints, which basically means that it's all going to be done for you and calculated as part of that tax report anyway. So it's really, you know, it's a seamless transition from kind of your day-to-day exchange movements anyway, like true trading. So it's it's all kind of taken care of for you. Yeah. And if, you know, you're making money while you're sleeping, really doing this, like there's not much except for clicking a button. So if you're going to pay tax on it, yeah, that's a cost that's going to come out of it. But you're not really doing much to get the rewards in the first place, which is yeah. pretty exciting. Yeah, that's it. But I guess the other point to note is that, you know, you talked about the bank and earning an interest on a savings account. The, the difference being, you know, that cryptocurrency that you invest in initially to then get your staking reward can drop to zero. So that's the risk they have to be aware of. So, you know, you invest in something at $100 and you earn a 10% staking reward on that. So you think to yourself, you know, worst case, I'm going to be sitting at $110 here after 12 months with my reward. Um, the reality is the asset itself fluctuates. It's not set. You're not locking it in at a price when you commit to stake or anything like that. So your your capital is definitely at risk. So that's, you know, that's probably one of the main risks that some people forget is that if I'm staking, I know we get a lot of questions come through our support channel on SwiftX about it as well. Some people think that if you stake that you can lock the asset price and you earn on that, which is, it's not the case. So um, yeah, just for people to be aware of that, that, you know, which is why I said, don't just invest in it because um, you're going to earn a yield on it, a staking reward on it. Invest in it because you believe in the project and you've done the research and, you know, you're comfortable that it's not going to go to zero. And eyes wide open, is there anything else that people should be mindful of or, or considering? 
No, I mean, it's, I think it's a really powerful tool when you focus it in the right way. Um, you know, like I mentioned, personally, I've been doing it for a number of years and it's always something that I've been looking at. I guess it's a way of, of earning a reward without you having to, you know, turn up at work at nine o'clock in the morning or do a particular action, you know, work for somebody or work for yourself or, or do anything. So I think it's a good way of banking some, some extra rewards in, in those projects that you're really favorable on and, you know, it's about the security and network. The more people do it as well, the more secure the network is, the more transactions that are validated and the more potentially fruitful that the project will be over time. And something that we've had a few times through as a question, and we did touch on it at the start, but really to break it down, a question that we get asked all the time is why can't you stake Bitcoin? Yes. So, so touching on the, the very opening statement around proof of work versus proof of stake. So Bitcoin is proof of work protocol. So basically it doesn't have the same mechanism of verifying transactions. Bitcoin's power is also in the fact that it isn't proof of stake. Proof of work are considered in the industry to be a much safer and truly decentralized way of verifying transactions. For instance, yeah, proof of work, you still kind of have to trust an entity. So you're trusting that validator with your cryptocurrency, whereas Bitcoin is, is literally millions of nodes spread out throughout the planet, all working on the same problem, but from, yeah, like I said, different corners of the planet just to verify those transactions. So I, for one, hope that Bitcoin never moves to proof of stake. But I guess on that point as well, part of why Bitcoin is, you know, considered slow and expensive to move is because of this proof of work process. So there are solutions that are being built for this to, to get fixed within Bitcoin. So it's not going to be like Bitcoin is kind of doomed to be, you know, as it is now for the rest of its time. There's some really good layer two solutions like Bitcoin Lightning coming out that, you know, allow you to send and receive Bitcoin instantly and free from any corner of the planet. So there's a lot of really interesting um, things happening in that space as well. Definitely. When people are doing this, Traditionally, you spoke about all these different wallets and places that you can do it. And that kind of is the old school way of doing it that is a little bit more convoluted. You mentioned it's one click on SwiftX. Is it really that easy? Yes, so it pretty much is. So we've got a trading wallet and a staking wallet. And for instance, if you're holding Solana in your trading wallet, you just click stake and then you can choose the proportion of your Solana. You don't have to stake at all. You just have to press the button that says stake and it immediately happens you're not subject to any lockup periods. You're not subject to any fluctuation within the staking awards at the time. They are subject to change, but we obviously give people warning when that might happen. But yeah, it's really that easy, I guess. And the biggest plus point of SwiftX staking is the fact that you can actually unstake instantly and sell. So mm. if your you know, project started to, started to dip or if your project started to run up in price and you say, oh, I want to take a bit of profit or I want to, you know, cut my losses, you can one click unstake as well, which is really, really important. A lot of other exchanges and if you're, you know, doing it yourself through a wallet, you'll have to wait, you know, up to a month, couple of weeks at certain periods to actually get your crypto out. So it takes okay. a bit more time. So that's probably one of the key differences with, with SwiftX staking. Okay. So zooming back out and looking at this from a whole, if you are interested in staking, what you're doing is helping everything run, as we've just explained again. Operational. Operational. You are helping things continue to move, building the ecosystem. And then what you're doing is saying that, yep, I'd like to be invested in this. On SwiftX, you click a button. And then that's essentially locked away whilst it's staking. And you're getting rewards, which are actually, in this instance, are always going to be that same token yep. back to you in a certain percentage Correct. for the time that it's staked. And if you want to unstake that, 
you have that option, you unstake it, and then you get everything back, including those things that you gathered as rewards over yeah. time. Yeah, the rewards accrue. So on SwiftX, for instance, we pay out every 24 hours. So our mechanism is tied. It's kind of a unique mechanism the way we set it up. So we do actually pay out every 24 hours. So it's actually calculated every second. So every second you have your crypto within, you know, you've opted into staking, you're actually earning and it's paid out in once every 24 hours. So, so that's a really easy stake and unstake option. Unstaking is the most important piece of this. It can be easy to get everything staking, but you want to be able to get access to that crypto for, you know, if you need to move it around or if you need to liquidate it or whatever it is. Um, so that's the real, I think, the problem that we've solved pretty well from our end. Definitely. And you can search on SwiftX to see who's staking, but say you just want to see if your favorite project offers it. How can you find that out? Where would you go to look? Yeah, there's a couple of different websites. One is called Staking Rewards and you can actually have a look and it, it tells you all of the best known validators that you can actually contribute to. It'll tell you what the rates are. It'll tell you what the kind of historic performance of the asset has been. And that's a really good one that I like to use. Or you can see it on your, your general tracking websites like CoinMarketCap and CoinGecko. They all show these kind of staking assets as well by breakdown, which are really cool. But there's hundreds of assets that you can stake. Um, like I said, they're not all created equally. So the, the most important piece of all it is definitely about doing your research in selecting the right staking assets that you want to use. Amazing. And guys, if you've been listening to this and you're like, oh, oh, I'd like to get on board with this and it's super interesting and you're not currently registered with SwiftX, there is a link in our show notes that will give you $10 of Bitcoin for signing up as well. So head down to our show notes, click the link, you get $10 of Bitcoin and you can start your staking journey today. Well, Tommy, this has been so good having you on board chatting about this today. As we said, it has been a topic that has been really requested by a lot of people. Is there any other advice that you'd have for people that are just starting out? I think we've pretty much covered everything, but I guess just finding the right place to do it is, is really important. If your asset isn't on SwiftX at the moment for staking, stay tuned. We're, we're adding assets pretty much every week as well. So yeah, just, just to stay tuned. We, you know, we push out push notifications through our app as well when we have updated caps on staking. And uh, yeah, just keep aware and uh, keep following. And guys, do be quick because those caps you just mentioned, they get filled pretty quickly. And I guess relaying that to people, that's just like, places that you have, limited places for people that can stake their awards. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. We put a certain caps on it just to decrease the risk and, and things like that for, for us and for our users as well. So that's just part of our protection mechanism. I was always trying to look out for the greater good and, and be sustainable for us is the biggest thing. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It has been a pleasure and we will hear from you very soon on Crypto Catch-Ups. Absolutely. Thanks, Alicia. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. If you liked it, don't forget to head over to the gram and join us at Tapping Into Crypto. And before we finish up, just a general disclaimer that this podcast is for entertainment purposes only. And the opinions on this podcast belong to individuals and are not affiliated with any companies mentioned. Any advice is general in nature and does not take into account your own personal situation. If you're looking to get advice, please seek out the help of a licensed financial advisor. We'll talk to you soon. 